When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Breaking news to start NFL Live today. Adam Schefter, what more can you tell us? Laura Pete Carroll is out as the Seattle Seahawks head coach. The most surprising change so far during this head coaching cycle. He's a legendary figure. The Seahawks would like to keep him within the organization in an advisory role. That is the plan right now. We'll see if there's another team that is interested in interviewing Pete Carroll for a head coach opening that they currently have, but Seattle is going in a different direction. This was a season in which I think Pete Carroll struggled to connect to some of these young players. There was the incident this past weekend, which he dismissed where the players were smoking cigars in the locker room after they won a game, despite the fact that they didn't make the playoffs. A lot of instances like this throughout the course of the season, and ultimately the Seahawks owner, Jody Allen, decides to go in a new direction. Now the big decision will be who makes the ultimate decision on who the next head coach will be in Seattle, whether it's Jody Allen or the general manager, John Schneider. But they are now at a crossroads and going in a new direction. We'll see which direction they go, but Pete Carroll is out. Yeah, and as you mentioned, Adam, still expected to have an advisory role with the Seahawks. Adam with us for the next hour with all the reaction on this news and some more news as we welcome you into NFL Live. Dan Orlovsky, Andrew Hawkins. We've got Mina Kime joining us here and Marcus Spears. I'm going to go to Mina first. Mina, as somebody who knows this Seattle organization really well, what's your reaction yeah. to this surprising news? Shock first. I mean, Pete Carroll is the greatest coach in the history of the organization. I would say he's also one of the greatest coaches in the history of the sport. His record of wins speaks for itself, but it's worth noting to accomplish that across so many years with different quarterbacks is incredibly difficult to do in the modern NFL. He is an amazing leader, uh, an unparalleled facilitator of culture and a tremendous developer, developer of talent. Uh, the Legion of Boom era Seahawks, uh, one of the best defenses in NFL history, had his stamp all over them. The way he developed those players, some of whom will be in the Hall of Fame, is incredible. But I do think it is the defense that led us to this moment with the team or the struggles of the defense. This year, with the playoffs uh, in hand, with a chance to determine their own destiny, losing to the Steelers the way they did, the defense ultimately finishing 28th in DVOA this season. They've been below average in that metric, in most metrics, five of the last six seasons. That is Pete's side of the ball. It's not an easy decision, but it's also not an incomprehensible one when you look at it through that lens. And if they can keep him in the building, as has been suggested in an advisory role, I think that would be the optimal outcome for this team. Yeah, and it certainly seems like Dan Quinn, who's the defensive coordinator for the Dallas Cowboys, who has ties to Seattle, makes a lot of sense. It's interesting hearing Shefty say new direction, because my question is, like, is it a new direction for Seattle or just mm. new leadership? Because Seattle organizationally has always been a place, at least since Pete Carroll's been there, that you know, the direction or the culture has been one that people try to recreate. And it doesn't seem like that's been lost. Maybe the performance on the field hasn't been like when they were going on some Super Bowl runs. But that's why I say if it's just new leadership that's wanted, but that same kind of cohesive direction, 
Dan Quinn and the way that he coaches and the ties that he has to that organization makes a ton of sense. Yeah, and I, I agree. Dan Quinn is a, a great option. And I think, you know, we're all shocked by Pete Carroll moving on from the Seahawks as a, in a head coaching role. But the reality is it probably has run its course, not in a bad way. He's an incredible coach. They have an incredible culture. The main job of a head coach is to know the X's and O's and motivate the Jimmys and the Joes. And that's what Pete Carroll does really well. But over time, some of those sayings, some of those stories, they get old and you have to reset your roster. And we've been through a couple of resets with Pete Carroll. And I think it's just the time now and advantageous for the organization because of the level of head coaching uh, candidates available in this current moment. All right, Adam, one second. Uh, Dan, go ahead. Shefty, how much money is left on Geno Smith's contract moving forward, both years and, and how much is guaranteed? No guaranteed money beyond this year. So basically, they're through the Geno Smith contract, even though it was a two-year deal. So they can essentially go whatever direction they want at the quarterback position. And this really is the start of a new chapter in Seattle. Pete Carroll is obviously stepping aside. He says it's a mutual decision that he and ownership have charted out and decided to go in a new direction. So basically, they can have Geno back. They might not have Geno back. I'm sure they'll look at their quarterback options. And we were talking about coaching options and Dan Quinn. Dan Quinn will be one of, one of the names that they will be interested in. Now, that doesn't mean that he's going to be the guy in any way, shape, or form because Dan Quinn's going to have interest from Tennessee. He's going to have interest from other teams. Dallas isn't going to want him to leave, but it becomes a very interesting, interesting situation with Dan Quinn. Yeah. The Seahawks are also going to look at other candidates. There are a whole slew of them out there, and so we'll see where this search takes them, but they have not been in this position in over 14 years, and so it's a chance to really reevaluate the organization and move forward and set a new course here to see what direction they want to go. Dan Quinn will be one of the names. He will not be the only name. And there's certainly no sure thing that Seattle will be his only option. Yeah, I, I don't think there's much else to say about the, the, the progression going forward. You know, we'll see what candidates step in. But to wax poetic about Pete Carroll and how he set the culture, that was the thing that MK said that made my eyes open. And when I heard this news, you always want to leave it better than when you came. And I absolutely believe that Pete Carroll put Seattle where they needed to be. This this team was in prominence when I was in the league. This is when all of this started. And you think about his run at USC. It's very rare. That's why everybody is shocked. And, and we have these type of reactions because success is hard. And that's the reality of it. You have Pete Carroll, you have Mike Tumlin, and you have Bill Belichick, who's been in places for a long period of time. Those are the three jobs that everybody looked at as a representation of what you do as a head coach in sustainability. And now this is just the next evolution of what the Seattle Seahawks want to be as a team. And the hard thing about it is you don't know if it's going to get better or is it going to get, going to get worse because we know that Pete Carroll can always bring this team to a point where they are in contention. So I look forward to the future. I think Pete Carroll is going to be uh, very important in how this organization moves forward if he so chooses, but his run and his tenure is why we think of the Seattle Seahawks like we think of them right now. And Marcus, you bring up those three names right there, Pete Carroll, Bill Belichick, and Mike Tomlin. They are three legendary figures. By the way, you could even include Andy Reid in there, and I will include Andy Reid yep. if you don't yep. mind. Okay? We see today the Seahawks and Pete Carroll mutually decide to go their own ways. We are awaiting a decision 
in Foxborough about the future of Bill Belichick. We essentially have heard about Mike Tomlin, and there's been speculation across the league that he could decide it's a possibility after the season to step aside, a la Sean Payton, the way he did. Again, he's not thinking about that Mike Tomlin. He's focused on the upcoming playoff game against Buffalo, but there are people who believe that that possibility exists. And then with Andy Reid, it could be the last year for Andy Reid at any point in time. So now mm. the four coaches who are legendary figures in this game, one of them today is not a head coach. Waiting on Belichick. No. That could very well be two. We wait to see what happens with Mike Tomlin after the game and what happens with Andy Reid after the season because that will be a question for him every year after the season. Do you want to come back and coach again? One down today, three other questions out there that exist. Yeah, Adam, it could be the ushering in of a new era in head coaching in the NFL that we're seeing right now. Mina mentioned yesterday on this show, it may be the best class of potential head coaches that we've seen in quite some time, maybe mm. even ever. Now seven jobs open, these teams looking for head coaches and looking for new directions, different leadership. Mina, as it relates back to the Seahawks, as we continue to address the breaking news today yeah. of Pete Carroll stepping away, how attractive is this job in Seattle? I think it's a very attractive job. Um, I think that this roster has a lot of talent and they underperformed relative to that talent, which again is probably why we're here with this decision. Uh, offensively, Dan asked about Geno Smith's contract. It's very team friendly. I think it's unlikely that they would be able to upgrade on Geno Smith, frankly, who is way down the list uh, uh, when you're ranking the reasons why sure. this team isn't in the playoffs. There's issues with pass protection. Defensively, there's some positions I think they need to upgrade at, off-ball linebacker, edge. But when I look at this roster, they do look to me like a playoff-caliber roster, and I have to think that would be attractive to some of the head coaching names we've been throwing around. Yeah, MK, I think your points on the team are spot on. So a couple things just hearing you guys and Shefty talk. Um, when it comes to his potential replacement, number one, it, I think we have to figure out like or find out why they actually made this decision. And was it mutually exclusive? You know, because you hear Shefty say maybe there was a, a struggle to connect with some of the younger players. So that makes me think, will that new head coach be someone who is of younger age? The, the Seattle Seahawks have the 16th pick in the NFL draft. To Mina's point, I don't think you're upgrading for, at quarterback this year with the 16th pick. So it's either going to be who's the head coach, is it offensive or defensive-minded? And then what are they going to do? Are they going to keep Geno on the team-friendly contract, or are they going to try to move up? We know that they tried to, or at least had interest in going to get Anthony Richardson up last year. So I think there's a lot um, you know, of unknown questions right now, both with the head coach and also what they're going to do at the most important position. Because in that division, San Francisco and the Rams, they're not going anywhere. Kyler Murray back healthy in Arizona as well. And, you know, it's interesting, Dan, because, again, we're talking about Pete Carroll, legendary figure struggling to connect. I don't know whether that's Pete Carroll who does such a great job with coaching and connecting to young guys or whether it's just today's generation of sure. player and whether any coach might have uh, an issue connecting to some of the younger players. But there were certainly some issues that arose during the course of the season. Pete Carroll's mantra always is all about protecting the team. Protect the team at all costs. And there were incidents and examples this year mm. where that was not the case. I don't know that I view that as a Pete Carroll issue sure. so much as an issue of a function of today's player. And so no matter who comes in, younger or older, there still has to be 
some accountability there from the players to make sure that some of the things that happened this year don't happen again in the future. I just want to read something to you guys really fast. I went back and looked at my notes from a preseason Seattle game that we had in 2022. Uh, this was, of course, when we were going to see Geno Smith for the first time as the starting quarterback and Russell Wilson was gone. Something that Pete Carroll said, he said, it's not starting over. We've been winning for a really long time here. I'm looking for my players to be unique and not robotic like some of the players have been here in the past. I'm encouraging them to be who they are and making this a safe place to express themselves. That's what he said, you know, just yeah. what, like a little bit over a year ago. Yeah. It's interesting when you think about that hawk and, and some of the reporting that Adam's telling us and some of the narrative around this change. Yeah, no, exactly. And to your point, it, 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 it's tough to say the game of football is changing. The players are different. I think you're seeing the same thing in New England with Bill Belichick. Are they going after Vrabel? It would make sense because he is closer to that generation. And the same with Dan Quinn, or at least, you know, how he's worked with players thus far. I think it's a super attractive job. My question becomes if, you know, the Seattle Seahawks are eventually going to be sold, is this going to be a place that a head coach mm. feels, you know, secure Safe. in their job? Because yeah. if a new owner comes in and wants their guy, is this the right decision with all the other options out there? Yeah, well, I lean into a lot of what Dan said, Hawk, about how, I mean, all you got to do is look at the recent history of when new coaches come on, it's usually a new quarterback. Right. It's usually a guy that they want to have in their own vein. And that's the thing that I think about in the strength. And we know who leads these organizations when it comes to not only the success of the organizations, but also how you look at those organizations. We don't look at any franchise as a model of having success if they don't have a quarterback with a coach that's coming in new that's paired that we believe can take them to a level in which we think they'll be competitive. And Geno has played well. This is not to cast aspersions on him, but the changes we've seen. We've seen D'Amico Ryans, they draft C.J. Stroud. We saw the new regime in Carolina, they drafted Bryce Young. We saw Dan Campbell go to Detroit, they traded for Jared Goff. Sean McVay wanted his guy after having a tremendous amount of success in Matthew Stafford. You think about San Francisco, trying to find quarterback after quarterback after quarterback. But the, the model has been when there's a new head coach coming in town, there will be a change soon at that position. And I wonder if that's a part, you know, as far as speaking about Geno, I wonder if that's a part, and it has to be in the back of his mind, what does this mean for advancement of this franchise and how will they look going forward? Yeah, again, as you see on the screen and as we've told you, Pete Carroll expected to move into an advisory role with this organization. Mina, we'll give you the last word here. How will Carroll be remembered with the Seahawks? You know, I'll just draw on things that I've heard from players who played on those great defenses, Cam Chancellor, Bobby Wagner, Michael Bennett, who I've had the chance to interview and spend time with over the years. And there's two things that come to mind. One, the brand of football, defensive football, that Pete Carroll coached, the scheme that he implemented was so physically dominant, they had to change the rules in football because of it. So I think you'll always be remembered for that. And then the other thing, talking to those players, you know, I've spoken with a lot of players about their former coaches. I don't think I've ever met players talk about a former coach the way they talk about Pete Carroll, the impact that he's had on them on and off the field. Mm. They would run through a wall for him. And I think when we think back on his legacy in Seattle, when you look at the way players talk about him, uh, the players who have come back to that organization, that is something that he did at a level that we may never see again. Ooh, 
frankly just got chills. And, and Mina, that would be true for the college players as well that he coached. Carroll, one of three head coaches to win both a Super Bowl title and an AP national title in college alongside Jimmy Johnson and Barry Switzer. If he is in fact done with coaching, that legacy, as Mina so well said there, is one that we will never forget. We're going to be on this all show long. A lot more to say about it. Thanks to Mina for a special appearance here on a big news day. We're just getting okay, started okay. on NFL Live. The Bears let go of a majority of their offensive staff today. How does this impact the monumental decision surrounding Justin Fields? We'll explain. NFL Live is brought to you by Marvel Studios Echo. All episodes now streaming exclusively on Hulu and Disney+. Plus. We'll be right back. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We're back on NFL Live. Time now for our ESPN Bet Future Spotlight. The Super Bowl favorites right now are the Niners at plus 225, followed by the Ravens at plus 325. Both teams are off this weekend after securing the one seed in the respective conferences, of course. And the only other teams with Super Bowl odds shorter than 10 to 1 are Buffalo and Dallas. So Marcus is going to tell us the X factors for these Super Bowl favorites. Who is the key to a deep playoff run for the 49ers, Swagoo? Yeah, Boogie Wiggy, now that we got all these other people out of the way, we can get to talking about some money. All right, I'm going, yeah, I'm going Debo Samuel with the San Francisco 49ers. We know the impact that CMC has, but I think this offense is really hard to guard because of 19 and his ability in the run and passing game and what he can do after the catch. He seems to change the dynamic of games when he's present and how you have to plan for these guys. So I think Debo Samuel is going to be an X factor like he's been in majority of these playoff runs we've seen from San Francisco. With the Ravens, I'm going Isaiah Likely. This tight end has become a godsend after losing Mark Andrews. And that athleticism and the ability to win in one-on-one and the run after catch as well has been a been a shining light about why this offense has been explosive as well. I think teams are going to have to plan for Isaiah Likely to have some big days, and that's just another problem that the Ravens present. I'm going Ed Oliver with the Buffalo Bills. I haven't given them enough love for his play up front on the defensive line, but he's absolutely impacted games, and y'all know how I feel when you get into the playoffs. Interior defensive linemen with game-changing type plays and the ability to push the pocket and get after the quarterback can change games, i.e. Chris Jones and Aaron Donald. And last but not least, the Dallas Cowboys, Tyron Smith. Is he going to be available? Is he going to be healthy enough 
while they try to make this run. I think this is the most pivotal thing for the Dallas Cowboys, not only in Dak's protection, but also in the run game. If you want to establish a mentality, his availability is going to be paramount to what they can do as they go throughout this season. So those four guys to me are the X factors for these teams trying to make a run to the Super Bowl. Swagoo factors. We love it. All right. Still to come here on NFL Live, you're about to hear from Pete Carroll. He's answering questions at the podium right now about why he parted ways in Seattle. Find out what he said when somebody asked him to elaborate on this. It's all coming your way next as we continue with NFL Live. ESPN Bet is the official sportsbook of ESPN and the only place to find exclusive offers with your favorite ESPN personalities and shows. New users get $100 in bonus bets after making any sportsbook bet. Download today. What a play. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Since our, uh, our last game, um, I had a couple chances to, uh, to talk. And, and uh, first, I shared um, my feelings about, uh, about our team and uh, about the organization and representing the 12s and my intentions of staying with the Hawks, man. And that, um, that was uh, true to the bone. And uh, I want to make sure that that's, that's clear as things have shifted so quickly in, in most people's perspective. Uh, it's been an honor and a thrill to be part of this program. And uh, I've loved every minute of it. And uh, <laughs> you've watched me love it <laughs> in particular. Um, and it's, it's, it's exciting that, that there's such a future uh, uh, here. And, and you can see it. And we, we know what's happening. And, and uh, it's bright. And the club's got great places to go. And there's great chances. It don't ever happen automatically. There's a lot of work to be done and all of that. But the future is bright. I'm freaking jacked. I'm fired up. I'm not tired. I'm not worn down. Uh, you, you guys tried your best. You didn't wear me out. I'm, you know, it's the end of the season. I'm supposed to be, you know, go lay on a cot somewhere. I ain't feeling like that. And, uh, um, you know, there's what's coming. I don't know. I got no idea. And I really don't care right now. But uh, I do. Um, I'm excited about it because there's a lot to learn. There's a lot to study. Uh, there's a, uh, there's some great discoveries that are going to come our way. And as my my all-time mentor Bud Grant said, not in so many words, 
there's, there's rivers to wade, uh, there's waves to catch, and there's mountains to hike. And uh, it wasn't exactly how Bud said it, but uh, I get it. And uh, that's some cool stuff that we're going to do here. Um, and uh, I look forward to all that. I got to say, that doesn't sound like somebody who was ready to step away Whoa. from coaching at all. Whoa was our reaction Whoa. here, too. So I, go ahead, Dan. What, what do you think about what Carroll just said? Yeah, my big takeaway is the emotion that Coach Carroll was fighting back. My second thing is he was fired. It certainly sounds like he was a coach that was fired because he made it very clear of his intentions to stay. And then talking about the future, and he was like, this place has a very bright future. So I think... The way initially I thought it was this mutual agreement, yeah. I don't come away from Coach Carroll's press conference thinking that anymore. It sounds like he wanted to be their head coach, and he was told no longer he would be. Yeah, he also, Adam, referenced that he had said he wanted to continue on when asked following their last game. What more can you tell us now with this additional context of hearing publicly from Carroll? Well, Laura, he said after the last game, he wanted to and intended to keep coaching. He repeated it during his appearance Monday morning on ESPN Radio in Seattle. And he essentially said right there yeah. that he did not sound like somebody who would be willing to entirely give up coaching if the right opportunity came along. So I open it up to you, the audience, and say we now have six other openings wow. other than the ones in Seattle. If you are a team <coughs> in Las Vegas or Los Angeles where Pete Carroll has mm. coached, are you placing a call to Pete Carroll to interview him for your head coach opening? Why not, I say? Why not? That man, I will say, has more energy than most every <laughs> human being. He still has that energy. He still has the zest. He still wants to coach which is very apparent by his comments throughout the course of this week. And it doesn't mean you have to hire him, but why would you not want to talk to one of the most accomplished coaches that we've seen in recent decades? Man, listen, <laughs> Shefty, when you said L.A., bro, because L.A. is a place I had Bill Belichick as far as having Justin Herbert already in an organization. This is, this is how I think about this now after listening to Pete Carroll. And I think about the Chargers. There are, they are a franchise that has been supposedly on the cusp of being really, really good. They've made defensive changes, and I get that Pete Carroll defensive uh, plan over the last few years hasn't been good, but I have no doubt that he can adjust, and it may be a change of scenery that changes how he plays defense and having not a limitation of having players. And then you think about L.A., though, and what you said, Shefty. There was no place better in college football than USC when Pete Carroll was leading the charge. Mm -hmm. There was no better city to go watch a game, and we always talk about the Chargers being the second-class citizens in L.A. to the Rams yeah. and everything else that goes on. And I know he's 72, and I know it's cool to hire young coaches, but you got a hell of a quarterback there that we need to see the talent come out of and a team that's been right there on the edge of us thinking that they're good. This would be very interesting if Pete Carroll was to go to L.A. I, I love that, Marcus. I, I would also say the Carolina Panthers, Bro. right? Because when you think about yep. Pete Carroll and what his value proposition is, besides the fact that he's a great coach and obviously people have flourished underneath him, he builds culture. Is there any place that needs culture more than the Carolina Panthers right now? Again, don't know if that will happen, but trust me, you have a young great quarterback. Point. You need stability 
in this organization and everything around him to get the most out of this first overall pick. And someone like Pete Carroll is somebody who can set that train on the right path. Wow. Um, I do want to put this up on the screen. We have a tweet from Russell Wilson that you may have seen, but if you hadn't, this is his reaction. One of the greatest ever. Keep shooting, coach. Grateful for the memories. The best is ahead. And that seems even more important considering the fact that we just heard from Pete Carroll emotional about this news and saying he wants to continue coaching. There's a lot more to get to on Seattle. We're getting to it, and we'll tell you who we think might go there next. But now this more coaching news, okay? Chicago, the team that says head coach Matt Eberflus will return to the team next season. The Bears did fire five coaches today, including offensive coordinator Luke Getze. GM Ryan Poles addressed the future of the QB position moments ago. Um, I did think Justin got better. Um, I think he can lead this team. Um, but at the same time, there's a unique situation where I have to look and our staff has to look at everything. Um, and that's exactly what we're going to do. But I'm really proud of where we are and where we're going. Uh, came up a little bit short of our goals this year, uh, but I have no doubt in where this team is going. All right, so you see this right here, uh, the top three overall picks. The ESPN's draft analyst Jordan Reed, the latest mock draft, he has the QBs going one, two, three. The Bears taking USC's Caleb Williams at number one. The Bears landed that top pick after trading it away last year to Carolina, allowing them to move up to get Bryce Young. Dan, as you heard from Poles just there, you looked at me and said, he gone. You're talking yeah. about Fields. Well, and Ryan Poles, yeah. who I think the world does, yeah, said, I think Justin Fields got better. I think he can lead this team, but. Oof. Yeah. You know, so, and most, those can be true. Mm-hmm. You know, he could believe that, but I think he, he made it very clear, like, but there's a unique opportunity for us here. So, he, here's my viewpoint of all, all this. Now that they've moved on from their offensive coordinator, Luke Getze, Matt Eberflus is going to stay. What coordinator are you going to get? Unless something happens with Matt Eberflus's contract. Mm-hmm. Because if you're worth the salt as a coordinator, more often than not, you're not going to a place that has a one-year rental potential at, at head coach because you might be gone the following yeah. year. Mm-hmm. So I, that's going to – and the names that initially come to my head, if you're Matt Eberflus, you got to try to convince, one, can you get Brian Greasy, who's in San Francisco right now as the, uh, the, uh, the quarterback coach. He's done a tremendous job with, with Brock Purdy in that offense. Number two, Eric Bieniemy. What's going to happen with him? He's going to get head coaching opportunities to pair with Justin Fields. Number three, Clint Kubiak, who's in San Francisco as well. I do believe Justin would be ideal in that offense. If they move on from Justin's, which it sounds like it's going to, it's going to be Caleb Williams or Drake May. Young quarterback in that offense is great, but I think that's going to be the challenge for Iberflus. Convincing a coordinator that's really good to come unless he gets contract extension added to his name. And it might not take that, to be honest, and that's why they make this move. What what I mean – what they're doing now is they're clearing the way for exactly what you just talked about, Dan. This is a stamp that we are going away from Justin Fields because now in this coaching carousel where there's now six openings, and you know how these interviews go. Yeah. They say, hey, who is your offensive coordinator? Who is your defensive coordinator? Right. And they're making calls behind the scenes. Hey, if I get this job, are you coming? This allows Ibrafus to say, hey, we have an opening right now. We have Caleb Williams, the next Patrick Mahomes, coming in. This is a fast track to so being you, a head so coach. There's more appeal than absolutely. I got what you're saying. Just because you attach yourself to a, a really exciting prospect, you maybe feel like you have some time too because you'd be a rookie. All right. Either way, that's that news. We got more news to get to as well. We'll continue to tell you more about the Seattle news today with Pete Carroll moving on and sounding like he didn't want to move on. Also, how about Arrowhead Stadium? They're going to have some really cold temperatures. Find out why Miami should be more concerned with the Chiefs DBs than the temperature it kicked. We'll explain next on NFL Live. We'll be right back on ESPN.
We're back on NFL Live. We'll get back to the breaking news with Seattle and Pete Carroll parting ways. But time now to look at the injury report as we get closer to the playoffs. Adam Schefter, what more can you tell us about Grant Delpit? Good news for the Browns there, Laura. The Browns designated to have him come back off injured reserve, return to play. So it looks like he's tracking to play on Saturday against the Houston Texans after missing the last four games with a groin injury. He was a playmaker when he was out there. Looks like they'll have the playmaker back on the defensive side of the football in time for the wild card matchup this weekend. And some questions about the Eagles wide receivers, Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown both. We saw Devontae Smith go down with the sprained ankle. He missed the game last week. They're hoping to get him back this upcoming Monday night. Same with A.J. Brown, who still thinks he has a chance to be out there on Monday night against the Buccaneers despite the fact that he went down with what looked to be a significant knee injury that didn't turn out to be as significant as they feared. And the Miami Dolphins have a couple of injured playmakers on the offensive side of football who were limited in practice today again. Jalen Waddell, Raheem Mostert, neither played Sunday night against Buffalo. Both have been dealing with their own ankle, knee injuries, and so the Dolphins are hoping that they're back for Saturday night's game against the Kansas City Chiefs. That's been the whole ball along, and I think my sense is that somehow they make it back onto the field Saturday night at Kansas City. That's good. Adam, those Miami weapons better pack a parka for Saturday night or maybe like an outfit with an attached scarf like I have. The current forecast is calling a game time temperature of minus five degrees. Meteorologists saying it should feel like negative 12. Balmy. Uh, both coaches were asked about the weather this week. Everyone talks about the bad. It's going to be a primetime game at Arrowhead. Like, I just got goosebumps right now, you know. So that, and that's, and that's kind of the way we'll approach it. And, um, you know, regardless, uh, I'll probably have goosebumps in a different way on, on Saturday. It's, it's erroneous at, the, at this point. I don't really care what goes on out here. Um, yeah, we're not having a snowball fight. <laughs> Marcus, how would you deal with negative 12? Cause wouldn't go. I wouldn't go. I would tell him like I'm hurt. I don't want to play. Them goosebumps gonna freeze on your ass, Mike McDaniel's. It's gonna be cold <laughs> as hell. And listen, the, the other thing is when when Miami is on the road, they not good. And you add these elements, uh, that's a problem. I know we got to get into the game, but y'all, negative twelve is ridiculous. Oh, they that's 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 unhealthy. No, I like I'm praying for them. Um, <laughs> let's talk about the actual game. Hawk. The Chiefs defense held Miami to 14 points in their first matchup. How can the Dolphins offense have a better showing on Saturday? They got to be prepared for press coverage. I know that sounds very simple, but it is the tactic that helped the Chiefs get the W in their first matchup. Because what typically happens with these offenses, specifically a McDaniel offense, is their receivers are so fast. Their tape looks sped up. Everybody backs off. They're scared of the big play. Right. When they went in against the Chiefs, they were up in their face the entirety of the game. And it shocked Tyreek. You see that play where he gets a jump jam, turns into a drop. Here's another one. In zone coverage, the linebackers are pressing. You could tell Spagnolio went to the week and said, hey, you make sure you put hands on. They now try to throw a bubble to three guys being pressed, but you shouldn't even throw in that look. It turns into a fumble for a touchdown, which changed the pace of the game. So this week, they can't be shocked by that. They have to have a plan, and it specifically has to play to Tyreek's ability to get down the field and make plays. Yeah, missed opportunities as well. Yes. You know, 14 points is because missed opportunities. Yeah. If they lose this game, it'll be because of missed opportunities. And the reality is missed opportunities in playoffs are going to send you home. 
this is this game in Germany. This is that clip that you just showed, Hawk. So the bigger view, there's that jam at the line of scrimmage. This is Tyreek. If, if he connects with this, this is a touchdown. Mm. Listen, he ain't getting caught. Nope. That, that's an inch of a throw, an inch of a catch. Different. This is Jalen Waddell down the middle of the field. Now it's third and five, so you sit there and go, well, we get a completion and it's conversion. That's uncovered. That's a blown coverage. If Tua sees it, it's a touchdown. Instead, it's a five-yard gain, and you look at it and go, well, that's the good play. Is it the right one? There's going to be Tyreek again. This is late in the game. What do they love to throw? Inbreakers, especially versus two safeties. If he completes this, it's another touchdown. But it's just a step behind him. And then this is third down with the game on the line. They double move the corner of top. He's going to walk in. But Tua throws it differently. They don't see it the same way. Missed opportunity. And if you go back last week versus the Buffalo Bills, they lost that game. Missed opportunities. When, how did they lose against Philly? Two dropped touchdowns. Missed opportunities. So I think, like, while you have to credit Kansas City defensively, you sit there and go, can they have those two or three plays that they were just off of in that game connect and that totally swings the outcome of the game? I don't think this is as one-sided of a game as a lot of people see it as. I love the beauty of how this conversation bears up. I've been talking about all season when you disrupt the timing of this offense, who is Tua? And y'all just showed two clips where they were misses and miscommunications and him having to get the ball out of his hands. It all starts there with me, and I think it starts there with Steve Spagnola as well. Disrupt the timing, and this offense has shown the propensity to have problems, and it's because of their quarterback. And the other part of this is it, it, it's such a difficult conversation. Dan and Hawk, I almost liken it to Josh Allen, right? Like, when you look up at the statistics and what Tua has done over this season, you clearly say this dude is one of the high-level quarterbacks in the league right. based off of what they've been able to accomplish. Mm -hmm. But then when you look at these moments, the critical moments, and how we judge when you get to this point of the season, which is always the conversation, I ask myself time and time again, can he go, can Tua go above the X's and O's? And no one in the recent history of the playoffs have tested if your quarterback can go beyond the X's and O's more than Steve Spagnuolo, mm, yeah. whether it be pressure, whether it be finding opportunities for Chris Jones, and to you guys' point, how those corners get up and play physical football just to throw timing off. And, and yeah. that is what I'm waiting to see beyond how, how the hell you play football in negative 12 degrees. Hey, uh, speaking of that negative 12, <laughs> Miami has lost 10 straight games in sub 40 degree weather, including the playoffs. So Man, they may have to really bundle up for this straight? one. Yeah, it's not good. Well, I don't know. Anyway, 10. Uh, all right, <laughs> what's next for Seattle? We'll talk about Pete Carroll's replacement. Who makes sense? And we got our Dan Stradamus here. Apparently he saw this happening yesterday. I think the two teams that would be interesting would be, and I don't think they're going to get fired, but if they decide to walk away would be Pittsburgh and or Seattle. If mm -hmm. either of those coaches decides, hey, I'm going to retire, I don't know how likely that is. Yeah. You'd probably call those situations. I wasn't buying it yesterday. You were right, though. I was kind of wrong, though, because it sounds like he got fired. Yeah. Uh, okay. I still feel that way about yeah. Pittsburgh. Yeah. I could see them or him making a change. Don't they still have no a love. chance to keep going in the playoffs. Lucky though. guess. Mm.
Super Wild Card Weekend is capped off Monday night with the NFC matchup between Jalen Hurts and the Eagles and Mike Evans and the Buccaneers. 8 Eastern on ABC, ESPN, and ESPN Plus. Our megacast coverage also includes Peyton and Eli on ESPN2 and our ESPN Deportes Spanish language version. Coverage begins with NFL Live at 3 p.m. We'll go for two hours and Monday Night Countdown comes on at 6. It's all coming your way on ESPN and the app. Back to the breaking news of the day out of Seattle. Adam Schefter, what more can you tell us? Shocker out of Seattle, Laura. The Seattle Seahawks and Pete Carroll essentially decided to make the decision where Pete Carroll will no longer be the head coach of the Seattle Seahawks. He is out. Now, they have said that he would like to stay within the organization in an advisory role. However, when he met with the media, he sounded like he still had an interest in coaching. So we will see if there's a team with a current vacancy, and there are seven of them in the NFL right now, currently, that is interested in interviewing Pete Carroll for a head coaching job. But it's a historic day in Seattle. A Hall of Fame type of coach no longer will be coaching there. There are a multitude of reasons. Obviously, in the end, Jody Allen, the owner, makes the final call. They decide to go that direction. Pete Carroll, no longer the head coach of the Seattle Seahawks. Yeah, Adam, you mentioned that advisory role um, situation. And I got to say, after hearing Pete Carroll speak, which you'll hear him again in just a moment, he didn't sound like somebody who was going to just slide right into an advisory role. Dan, he, he wanted to still be coaching this team. That feels like something that's not going to maybe happen. It very clear that he wanted to coach that football team. It very clear that he was told you are no longer going to be that to coach that football team. I have a couple things that I walk away from the day thinking, one, we got to celebrate the run of Coach Carroll in Seattle. One of the, gr the greatest runs, certainly in the last modern NFL era. Um, number one, are other teams going to call Coach Carroll and, and offer or at least have interest in ha having him as their head coach? Number two, can this new coach who's going to come to Seattle, can he step in as the coach if Coach Carroll is an advisor? Mm. Knowing, like, oh, he wanted to be the coach and he was told no. Like, what's right. going to be that dynamic? There better be a comfort level there. I'll be interested to hear who John, what John Schneider says about this because to Shefty's reporting, this was an ownership decision and not the general manager, at least to our, our knowledge right now. We don't know. And then what are they going to do at quarterback? I still think that is going to be one of the more interesting dynamics that comes off of this. They have the 16th pick. Geno Smith is no longer offered guaranteed or, or has guaranteed money on his contract. While he's not the problem, it's just going to be interesting when change comes, yeah. what they do at quarterback. Yeah, and as Mina told you earlier in the show, there's a lot more problems ahead of quarterback when it comes to things they need to address on totally. this Oh, team. and the last thing. Yeah, in that ahead. division, Kyle Shanahan and Sean McVay. Right. The McShanahan situation. Okay, so you mentioned the whole future of this team. Well, Pete Carroll was asked about what that looks like, and here's what he said. This isn't about me being the head coach that is it's about this organization being successful and being uh, on course for the long haul of it as well and I realize that I mean you know I'm, I'm about as old as you can get in this business and there's there's coming a time they got to make some decisions and so um, moving towards the future um, if, if there's some way that uh, I can add something to them down the road we'll see what happens but um, this is a good move for, for them and, and Johnny's going to take this thing take the bull by the horns and, and roll and uh, I, I, I'm so I'm so thankful that I get to see him have, take that next step and, and, uh, and watch what he does with he's going to kick butt. The Johnny he referenced, of course, John Schneider, the GM. Uh, also, you heard him talking about the future and saying that he's about as old as he can get. 
He's 72 years old, a guy that also said in this press conference he's very energized, Hawk. Yeah, and he seems energized. I mean, we've been talking for months about potential vacancies in the NFL, or we've talked about Tomlin at one point. We've talked about Belichick ad nauseum throughout the season. He's 72. Not once have we mentioned Pete Carroll yeah. for the same reasons you're talking about. He's energized. He is coaching his guys good. He's getting the most out of Geno Smith, the best football of his career, and he's built a culture. So to Adam's point, to Dan's point, in this coaching carousel, he should be a guy that people talk to, and they should be excited to talk to him because he has answers to the test that most organizations haven't been able to figure out. This is an opportunity for an organization to have Pete Carroll for an amount of time to usher in a new phase, right? Like, and, and what I mean is when I was in Dallas, it was Wade Phillips and it was the ushering in of Jason Garrett. We've seen these things. When I first started in Dallas, it was Bill Parcells ushering in the Sean, Sean Payton um, era offensively. We see this tie in together. And I know a lot of people talk about getting young and they want their coaches to be relatable. But some organization has an opportunity to win and usher in a new culture. And I think that's what we talking about here, y'all, when you start thinking about Pete Carroll. And then there are three guys in the college, college and pro atmosphere right now that I can guarantee y'all because I know their DNA and their makeup and they come from the same coaching tree. That is Nick Saban at the University of Alabama. It's Bill Belichick out of New England. And now it's Pete Carroll in Seattle. And if you think for one minute that they don't want to compete for championships mm -hmm. because of the number that's next to their name by their age, you are sadly mistaken. Pete is being cool. He's being quadral. I'm sure he means well and wants to see Seattle have success. But if he gets another job, that team is going to be formidable and they're going to compete at a very high level because that's all they know. Those three guys that I mentioned. Guys, as we're winding down on time here on the show, let's throw out some names that would make sense in Seattle. And if you guys don't mind our, our producing room, throw that list back up there of all the vacancies that are now. There are seven teams looking for head coaches and some of the people that could be on the move that have had coaching experience very recently. Mike Vrabel just fired yesterday. Yeah. We've talked about Dan Quinn with the Cowboys being expected to be a target by Seattle. But, Dan, who sticks out to you as a good fit? Dan Quinn is the number one name for me because he understands the culture. He's got a past there and obviously an incredible coach. They went on this run because they hired a college football coach. There's going to be a ton of NFL names attached to it, two or three college names, because maybe John Schneider wants to go the same way. Ryan Day out of Ohio State, Interesting. great offensive mind. I could see Lane Kiffin getting a call. I just think that he's got a blueprint from taking an incredibly successful college coach and going into the NFL. Yep. I could see them entertaining that as well. All Mike right, McDonald. again, oh, what'd you say? Mike McDonald as well. Mike McDonald, another one. Right, the Ravens defensive coordinator. All right, there's so much more to get to throughout the rest of the week. We've got a big weekend of games coming up, too. It's all coming your way tomorrow on NFL Live. Thanks for being with us here.